Hello and welcome to the Edge of the Box Football Podcast, the show where we aim to challenge football convention with thought-provoking and outside-of-the-box points of view. Today we're going to be reviewing the January transfer window and looking at the business, or lack of business, that the likes of Arsenal, Tottenham, Newcastle, Man City, Chelsea and Everton did over the course of the month. We're also going back to room one-on-one, the home of football pet peeves, and talking about what's been really grinding our gears about the sport we love recently. I'm your host, Harry Brent. So at the time of recording the, well, the transfer window, January transfer window is just closed uh, within a couple of days. Uh, and I don't know about you guys, I thought it was one of the more exciting ones. Like usually the, the, the January windows are a bit of a, I'm not just talking about deadline day, but just generally the window. Like usually they're a bit sort of eh, but a lot of teams have, well, a lot of teams have done some reasonable, reasonable stuff. We'll come to how each of us feel about our own club's business. That's that's Chelsea, Man City and Tottenham today. Um, but for now, who I want to know, who do you think are the biggest winners? Let's let's go of dead let's go of deadline day because because we all know what's been going on in the last last month, but specifically deadline day. Who is the who is the biggest winners, do you think? I think yeah, I'm good then. Day. Go on. Go on. I'm, I'm gonna have to say Tottenham. I'm gonna have to surely for the fact that Obviously, it didn't look like we were going to get rid of anyone. Uh, no one was really coming in for any players. We've got Brian Hill. Yeah, Brian, Brian Hill's Hill. gone out on loan. One of our yeah. talented youngsters has yeah. gone out on loan to get some game time, which is good. lacelso has gone out on loan uh, to Villarreal, mm. uh, which is another good thing. He you know, gets his wages off our books, maybe generates some interest in him. Uh, maybe he gets some small comes back into the team. Got Tongi and Dombler gone. Uh, gone back Please, to Leon. I'm pleased about that. Well, Conte, I don't want him. I don't want him. And <laughs> nice. you know, he's, he's gone back to Leon on loan, but not only on loan, with an option to buy of sixty-five and a half million pounds. Is that is that more than they paid? More than you bought him for? Yeah, it's quite. Interesting. I think it's, a, it's quite similar, very similar. But I think it's just a bit more. Look, looking at the figure as well that you got for Deli Alley is absolutely ridiculous. What bad or good? It's it's good from Tottenham. It's outrageous from Everton. Forty million for a player that's barely played two seasons. Wait, wait, wait. Forty mil. Forty yeah, mil. Yeah. So what it is is it's probably the weirdest transfer. Well, it'll be it'll probably be with like add-ons or something, won't it? I'm guessing. No, it's not. It's a, it's a free transfer. We've yeah, we've sent him for free, so the fee is zero pounds because Everton can't afford anything due to FFP. With um, it'll be with the, the later forty million is completely made out of add-ons. As in, like if he plays twenty games, that's like twelve million pounds. That was that was the only one I heard. I I thought it was free with with ten million once he's played twenty games. But I I didn't no, know so it was it's, more. That's, that's There's a lot more, more hidden stuff. There's a lot more. It's, it's not been fully million potential add-ons, which I yeah. think is quite a good business for the form he's been in. Obviously, if you look at that as well, that's about four hundred thousand pounds a week off the wage bill. Mm. Um, yeah, which is huge. It's not an insubstantial mm. amount of money. Uh, and then incoming, done a double sweep on Juventus for Ben Tanker and for uh, Dejan Kulosevsky. Yeah, Kulosevsky, which is very exciting for me. I think he's really, so really you're, good. You're happy with Kulosevsky, given that you know, obviously, there was interest in um, other players that didn't get through. Right, so the well, right, okay, we'll get on, we'll get on to that then. 
Right, so Dharma Traore right, was never really set on him. I think we do need a wing back. I think we probably should have gone out for one, but it didn't happen. We tried. He mm. didn't want to play at wing back. That's fine. I was never really set on it. I'm not that bothered that we didn't get a Dharma Traore. Uh, and what's more, he's, he's gone off to Spain. I, I think we offered him £120,000. Barcelona mm. offered him fifteen or something. It was what I've said. And if he wants to do that, then I, I really do... You know, I I respect him for that decision. Like he wants to go to Barcelona and do that. Like Dharma Traore is there's a reason why he keeps getting linked with an exit. It's not because it's not because he's it's just one of these players that you know if he, you know if he was genuinely really good, Wolves would have got a really good price for him. But he's he's always on sale because he's just he's just not that good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, he's from Barcelona. You know. Yeah. Game so he's going to. His yeah. family all still live there. It's probably an easy choice for him, to be honest. He right. didn't want to play a wing back. It's fair enough. I don't care. Luis Diaz, that's a different story. Uh, obviously, <laughs> I think I don't think we needed him. We're not, we're not that kind of... We're not Liverpool right now. We're not the type of team that's going to have two first-choice left-wingers to compete with You know the rest of the team. We have Son, and Son's going to start. Mm. You know, I'm not angry that we didn't get him. It seems like a pretty obvious choice for him. We've offered to match Liverpool on fee we offered to match him on wages and he's chose to go there as you would that you know they're Champions League regulars they're still in the Champions League with a good chance of winning it they're still on to potentially do something in the league like it's not comparison is it yeah it sounded like it was sort of one of those things where as you say he just chased them at the end of the day yeah so um, I think what happened with them is that they're you know I think that they have plans to move Marnail personally yeah. I think they're planning to go get him in the summer They've seen us put an actual bid in and they've shit a brick and had to throw everything out. Let's go get him. Yeah. That's, that's just what it and is. It, yeah, it didn't really feel... It was a bit of a strange one for Spurs because as much as obviously he's a good player, like it was not an area of the pitch that you necessarily yeah. felt like you needed to improve. And Weird one. But then, but then again, it was, just, uh, according to reports, it's it's a deal you've been working on for months. So, so possibly that means it even precedes Conte's appointment yeah the interest possibly do you do you have any sort of because i know you're a big levy fan from your perspective is there any kind of feeling that i read i read an article by martin samuel today that that basically or yesterday that said something like you know the failures to get this over the line that over the line and then and then scramble for last minute uh, replacements Shows that he's he's not this master negotiator that we that we usually give him credit for. Now, yeah, but he's not obviously really dealing with it, is it? Got... No, but we, I mean, we as we as we know that the Lewis Diaz thing was well, it maybe just came down to like he chose Liverpool. But could it be the case that if this has been going on for months, could it not have been, could it not have been tied up sooner? And it's not it's not as if there's not a rep, not Levy doesn't Levy at least has history of like. You know, there's a few players have been available, and fair enough. He, he's made he's made a he's made a really done a really amazing job at creating a you know a, a genuinely top club out of you know when he hasn't got the money of the of, of all the others. So you can't argue with him financially. But do you not think there's now there's a sort of growing sense of you know take a gamble, take a financial gamble every now and then, and you might actually land some better players than you get. Yeah, I mean, I think Tongi and Dombele was a financial gamble, enough. I think that yeah, from, from what the, my angle I see is that I think 
maybe Levy or Tottenham. We're trying to get the best deal possible for them because the recent kind of transfers made in the last window by um, Nuno. Nuno, uh, yeah, haven't really paid off. Um, what do you mean? Christian Romero's fantastic. He's just been a bit injured since November. He's coming back into the squad and he's really, really good. Royale just seems uh, like Emerson Royale is he's he's a he's a defensive fullback <coughs> that was bought for Nuno. He's trying to play a wing back under Antonio. I just feel Conte. like you got rid of Serge, you got rid of Serge Aurier in your place. He would have been perfect. Uh, It'd have been perfect for the system. I know. Lewis is literally <laughs> doing the exact same. Uh Brian Hill, obviously not Brian really Hill's a talented youngster. Yeah, it I looks like promising, it. but like just yeah, you, you might be right. Actually, it may, it may just be that that you know, because obviously, if you if you occasionally spend spend big and it doesn't and it doesn't work, but I guess the whole point of being a, of having this aura of being a, an, an amazing negotiator is just recognizing, you know, yeah. But I guess and, we've and, got and, two two very talented, very hardworking players from Juventus. Yeah, and look, I I, I don't see yeah, exactly. I I I think the transfer the transfers you eventually did were were perfectly reasonable I just someone again someone sort of saw it pop up now I don't know how good Luis Diaz is going to be he looks a good player but of course you never really know until they get going but someone someone said like uh, Ben Fika you know sold Yao Felix Yao Felish I feel like a punty twat whenever I call him Felish Yao Felix uh, for like what, what, whatever it was 100 and 15 million yeah. or something yeah. and and Luis Diaz have have sold like their best player mid-season sort of Luis Diaz Porto have sold their best player mid-season f- for like what was it well 30 37 40, million, but 45 million with like 15 add-ons I think it was even I think it was a starting fee of 37 with ah. with but my, my point of that being yeah. if he does go on to become a really good forward for for Liverpool and stuff was that not a sort of moment where you go hang on looking at the way that Benfica do business this is with there's a really good player available here for 30 40 million you know is it not worth just going okay even even you know even if it, even if it's a slight risk just putting putting the money down i mean again i don't know what stopped tottenham from getting it over the line it may have just been it might have been tottenham it might have been um Player, because you think about it, looking at from a player's point of view, looking at the two teams, you got Salah and Mane. Mane has got what one more year on his contract? I think after this, and then then Salah is basically turning 30 in June. Yeah, he's he's turning 30, and also he's like they're trying to do a contract negotiation with him as well. They've seen how they've integrated Diego uh, Yotta with. The front three mm-hmm. with an Asian squad, maybe he thinks that that's a more promising project because at the moment, it definitely, it definitely is. it's though, isn't it? Yeah, that's the but, thing. He, but then compare it to Tottenham, you got obviously Son, Lucas, and Kane. Like, will he be fighting for his place there, or will he be able, you know, fighting for his place for like what the first two or three seasons, maybe not hit the ground running, whereas at Liverpool. Diego um, Jota, a lot of people questioned it at first, thinking how he's going to fit in and how will he, you know, the squad rotation, like will they actually get any game time? And if they do the same to 
um, Luis, how they've done with you know Diego um, Jota, then I think as a player's point of view, I'd happily want to go Liverpool more than Tottenham. Mm. I think, it's, I mean, as I say, it sounds like that's what it came down to. I also read that George Mendes kind of, again, this is pure speculation, but apparently George Mendes put the brakes on the deal to Tottenham because he knew that Liverpool were were coming or going to, you know, you know what I mean? So you may well have been just out of Tottenham's hands and nothing they could do. But but just briefly, Ash, do you, do you think Conte will want to leave if there's no sort of grand transfer backing? That's been worded poorly, but you know. No, no I don't. I think obviously he's been made aware of the, the plan beforehand. He probably knew that we we'd need to sell players before we buy players. He's obviously agreed to it when he signed the deal. I think it'd be un you know, it'd be a bit unwise to then start spouting off about like, oh I'm unhappy, I need all these transfers. You know, mm. he's a fantastic coach with players. He can transform players. Transform I, them. I think the the fact that obviously with Nuno making a lot of transfers earlier has worked in his favour a lot 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 more. I think he's Yeah, but you feel you feel space. like you feel like that with Nuno, because he's a weaker manager, the transfers needed to happen. He needed yeah, the said. reinforcements. He needed the help. Antonio Conte can transform a player. And you may say that, okay, flip and reverse that. Antonio Conte is a fantastic manager, buying really good players and see what he can do with them. Uh, but... It's know, risky business. I do. From a, from a club that are normally so well-structured and only seem to move when they know they can like make a profit or know when it's 100% beneficial. It's a very risky kind of move. I don't know. I, I think Christian Romero, what, what was it, 40-odd million? That's what I think that's good. good, Very good sign. Yeah. Obviously, he's on law, but, you know. Who else did we get? We got, you know, Emerson Royale, 25 million. I mean, 20, he's 22 years old. Still got time. You know what I mean? Mm. Still got time. 25 million is not an <laughs> insane amount of money to try and recoup for it. I, I don't know whether you see this from a Tottenham perspective, but from, from an outside perspective, whenever Tottenham lose, there seems to be this kind of thing of that, like the way that the way the outside world reacts is, or you know, Conti's not going to like this, he's going to want to leave, rather than you know, if it's that was Nuno, it would be like, oh, Nuno's crap, get him out. Like, there seems to be a kind of as much as. As much as he has the reputation that you, you know he's a good manager, unlike you know Nuno or whatever, but you know it just feels odd to me that you've got a situation where Conti loses and it's like, you know, well that's Tottenham's fault, you know. Yeah, uh, it's it's actually quite prevalent within the fan base as well. Mm. Yeah, so you see it and it's like we'll lose a game, and everyone shits a brick, and there's something he's going to leave. Levy has to do something now. He has to back Conte now or he will walk. Like, mate, he signed a contract. He's got a fucking project. He's not going to walk right now, is he? <clears throat> We're literally, you know, we win all of our game in hand. We leapfrog Chelsea and go third. Uh, that's, what's, that's what's frightening. Um, you know what I mean? We yeah. got third. I, um, it, <laughs> Why is he going to leave? <laughs> he has a transfer window coming up, right? Clubs rarely, like, reshuffle and, you know, Rejigging into the squad in, in the January, winter yeah. transfer window, are they? Yeah. So I'd say there's some of the time where we're going to see quite a few transfers. It'll it'll be interesting to see what happens because if if 
I, I, I tend to agree with you. There must have been some understanding of the situation before he signed. But if if they don't, not necessarily give him a load of money, but if but if he'll, I'm sure he'll he'll have ident- he'll have a load of players that he said these are the players I want. And I think if yeah, and of course, he was one of them at Inter that he wanted. Yeah, that's true. He was he was linked with him for a while, and I just and Bedtanker fits it, his profile of hard work in box to box midfielder. Yeah. I think if anything, well. it, again, it works more in his favour that he can obviously, like you say, Nash, he can man manage these players and create them into you know good players to play system for the time being, as well as having a couple of new additions now. And it'll like it's like it already has done. It'll highlight the deadwood within the squad. What I will say is that I do think he wanted a right back, and I think we should have got one, but mm. it just didn't happen. Who do you get? It, yeah, Jed Spence, Serge Aurier, bring him home. Carl Walker. Now you get Jed Spence. Uh, Jed Spence. I think we're going to go in for Jed Spence in this one. It all, um, it all went tits up for him at, at Chelsea when, well, it didn't go tits up for him, but he he got pissed off and rightly so when basically we, he won the league and then they, and then they just didn't get the players he said we needed because you know I think he wanted he wanted Van Dijk. We got Rudiger who's done all right, but he's not Van Dijk. He wanted Lukaku and he got Morata. Um, he wanted a, you know, a few players anyway, and I don't think they landed. So this is this is the only reason why I bring it up. Is it's just I wonder if even if Levy thinks well, this player is about the same thing and you know cheaper, then and I'll get him instead. That might still be not acceptable in, in Ratchet. Eyes. Not either. Ratchet, yeah, yeah. Which they have a very with. very good working relationship with and have worked worked with for a long time at Juventus. Both of them together. I mean, let's just let's I. I'm, I'm literally, I am so, it's a non-issue for me, Conte leaving, like walking out. I'm really not worried of it. Why? Because, because the... the... I, I just feel like he's invested in the project. He, he's oh, oh sorry. I thought you meant like you weren't worried if he does leave. <laughs> oh, no, if he leaves, I'll cry. Yeah. But okay. I, I just don't think he will. <laughs> no, okay. I'm invested in the project. Yeah. The team are in a good position. Fans <laughs> love him. Yeah. You know, the, play, the players are praising him through the roof constantly. Mm. I think obviously there's a noticeable team though that we've we're dancing around the fire with and not mentioning Arsenal. Arsenal. Oh. Newcastle. Newcastle. Yes. Yes, Bruno, I mean Bruno Gimmerish. I mean, not only that, they've got Dan Burn. Dan Burn. They've got Kieran Trippier. They've got Matt Target on loan from Aston Villa. So they've got a Chris Wood. They signed Chris Wood for twenty-five million. Then Burnley signed some better draft price. True, but I think that's a very tactical and very smart move off Newcastle. Get the striker of a potential <clears throat> um, relegation rival. Yeah, yeah. Because but obviously, it, obviously, obviously you never know. Yeah, obviously, if, you, if you weren't giving him three hundred and fifty percent of Burnley's entire transfer budget for a season. Fine. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's it's if that if if I, I forget the name of the geezer who Burnley signed, but if he turns out to be Veg uh, Verkost, yes, if he yeah. if he turns out to be a good signing, then that that would have backfired because he you know if he scores double the goals Chris Wood got, and Chris six Wood does six and he's playing for Sean Dyche. It's 25 goals guaranteed. Did anybody see? Please tell me you saw how they announced it. Yeah, the, the, the uh, Jurassic Park. The Jurassic Park. Oh, oh, it was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> it was sort of so. It was like 
on the cusp of being too corny that it was bad, but it didn't quite get there. It was like just yeah. just about just corny right. enough where it was nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, get the get the Gimaresh one is the is the um, the man. Yeah, it's yeah. the main really good one. And especially because Arsenal was supposedly pushing for him as well, they must have offered him a hell of a lot of money wage wise. Mm. That, yeah, I'm just saying it right now. Anyone that's actually gone to Newcastle, they can preach the amount of bollocks they want, right? Maybe with with, with without Dan Byrne because Dan Byrne's from Newcastle. Yeah, right. Yeah, and he, I think he came up in their academy. I think he might have played for their academy. I think so, as far as I can tell. The last yeah, but days. without him being the you know the exception to this, they can spout as much as they want. I really believe in the project. Yeah, they've gone there for the money. They've got yeah. the I was quite surprised that um, they wouldn't go in for Nat Phillips, you know, from Liverpool. But he's going to have a loan to um, Bournemouth. I think they did what they were asking for, like £25 million. I, yeah. I think that's a... That's I, a I, cool. think, I think he's worth it, to be honest with you. Yeah. He showed his worth, I think, when, um, you know, when he had these opportunity during Liverpool. Yeah, no, he did well. They, they got to the Champions League places. I, if I was Liverpool or Man United or Chelsea, you know the way you saw that the way that Man United said if if Newcastle are going to buy Lingard, you have to or loan Lingard, you have to pay us like fifteen million for a survival bonus. Or I don't know if you guys saw that. Um, but anyway, the move collapsed because Newcastle were like, "That's extortionate. What are you talking about?" But I, it made me think. Like actually, if you were if you were Liverpool, Tottenham, Chelsea, City, you know whoever. You probably would want to do your. You probably really want Newcastle to go down. Oh yeah, yes. you'd bet. So, so you don't want to. You don't want to hand them any any player. You don't want to really do business with them. The only t- the only sort of way you do business with them is if it's really going to benefit you. So as much as maybe Liverpool why, asked why do you for, think no one's come to them. Yeah, and it, maybe Liverpool have asked for a stupid amount of money, but then again, that's probably just self, you know, self preservation in lots of ways. Mm. Um, I did feel sorry for Lingard though, as much as I think he's a bloody wanker. Not a wanker. He's just annoying. Um, but I did feel sorry that he did not get a move. That 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 that, that yeah. Jaylings. Jaylings. Um, yeah, no, I think West Ham went in for him on their grand day, didn't they? Didn't really yeah. Materialise, which is sad for him because I think he does actually love West Ham. Mm. They don't need him. They're still they're still performing without him. Yeah, but if you look at it from a, an aspect of West Ham bought no one, Arsenal bought no one, United. But no one. Tottenham were the only one who were in that push for the top four spot that actually strengthened themselves. We might be if we don't start winning soon. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, you beat us, fair and square. Well, what about what about obviously we've got Aaron Ramsey <laughs> to Rangers, <laughs> to of all clubs, oh, yeah. Rangers. It just shows. I see that, and I was like, is it? The same Aaron, that Aaron Ramsey. He's yeah. a Welshman gone from it is Italy. Aaron Ramsey. What? To Scotland. Yeah, that's. It just shows how far he's fallen, isn't it? Like there must have been no one interested in him. That must have been no interest. Interest. There's a person who gave him that like four hundred and fifty thousand pound a week. Him that that contract is now Tottenham's director of football. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that well, was their that was their tactic for a while. Is just snap snap up these free transfers, give them stupid wages. Because we've got them on free transfers, but you know, some of them are going to look stupid. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm also quite happy for Mr. Van der Beek. 
Yeah. Donna. Well, it, it would just be nice to see him in a bloody team for once, like starting up. Yeah. I, I must say, I'm not a huge fan of Van der Beek. I don't think he's an amazing player. I think of that Ajax team that got to the semi-finals of the possibly should have got to the final of the Champions League. No. Um, <laughs> nah, um, no, mate. Looks more magic. He was the he was the most like of all the ones that got their moves like obviously Ziyech and De Jong and De Ligt. I thought Van der Beek was the one that was least impressive. But I think it we'll, we'll, I guess we're going to get a good sense for it now because he's he's it's it looks like he's probably going to play a lot. I mean Everton have got a lot of yeah. midfielders. I'd just better say that's the only out of all the places I thought oh fair enough he's away from United but he's gone to Everton where they've yeah. just got. Deli Alley as well, and they've already Deli got Alley. a lot of midfielders. Yeah, it's yeah. like Deli Alley's not really a midfielder, though, is it? Is Lampard going to try and do a sit in play with no strikers, just overload the midfield? <laughs> yeah, Deli, Deli Alley's number 10, isn't it? Yeah. His, yeah, his yeah, position yeah. is a number 10. So it's you, not like signing a proper midfielder. You're like right, though, yeah. he, he'll play, he'll probably play in a three with, if everyone's fit, with Calvert Lewin and Richardson, I guess. I'm not really sure. Um, so what about what about what about Lamps to Everton then? What what's the what's the what's the verdict on that? Good for good for Lampard, good for Everton, bad for. I, I seen a an article the Athletic titled um, "Lampard to Everton: The Gamble That Both Parties Need to Pay Off." Yeah, you know, I thought that was absolutely a fantastic way to sum it up. Yeah, because you know he, he hasn't proved anything. Um, he did all right at Derby, got him to the playoff final, lost to Villa, didn't he? Yeah. Lost to Villa. Um, lost to Villa. Yeah, lost to Villa. You know, he, he did well in his first season at Chelsea with all that youth, and then he showed us an experience when he got a lot of signings and couldn't handle it properly. And then got sacked by a club, and then a few months later won the Champions League. So, I mean, yeah. people have, he's people... not proven that he's a top manager. And to be given, he's, he's been given the job at Everton based solely on his reputation as a player. But do you, do you think, I agree I agree with that article headline totally. I mean, obviously the, the job after you've not quite done it at the top is so key because if he fails, if he fails again, he's probably going to struggle. Manager. Yeah, he's probably struggle get get another Prem job. Um, but at the same time, I don't know if, I don't, look, I'm a Chelsea fan. I don't, I'm always going to have a lot of love for, well, the most love in the world for that guy, but I, it's very obvious that he's not—he's not a top-level manager, and at least not yet. But but people, you know, have rightly sort of pointed to when when Chelsea Chelsea just went on a bad run. Um, we've been on a bad run, apart from when we played top for the last couple of months. And get battered everywhere they are. <laughs> the run was worse than the run that ended Lampard's. Um, we picked up fewer points than the run that ended. And Lampard began, when Lampard started that run, he was top of the league. So I know that there's all this thing about he didn't, you know, it didn't quite, it didn't work for him. And he, you know, he sort of demonstrated that he wasn't at, at the top level. And I agree with that. But I think, I, I think a, it was the, the the actual the game itself, the games themselves. Because, I mean, it, <laughs> defensively, it was a shambles. And he seemed to just throw people up the pitch when, if you weren't winning. And the longer the game would go on, the more people got thrown up the pitch. It just showed up a kind of a lack of tactical kind of like yeah. naivety. Just to think that, you know, we are Chelsea, throw people forward. Then the amount of times you get hit it. on the break. And yeah. it's, it was disappointing. He wanted to play this attacking football, but he didn't implement it properly. I think that's it. I think he's not a ta- he's not really a tactician. He's not, I mean, it's certainly not in the way that someone like Tuchel, who is 
possibly the ultimate. Yeah, because as soon as Tuchel came in, mate, it, it looked within a few days, it looked solid. But he, but he's but I mean I think uh, other than Guardiola, I don't think there's anyone else in the world who could have come in and contrasted that as as much like. Well, you were disappointed. You were in Nagelsmann. I know. I didn't. I really didn't want to. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm not shying away from that. I still think about it a lot. Um, but um, I, I, hearing him a lot when he was Chelsea manager and hearing him in his interview for Everton, he talks a lot about, you know, it, it's buzzwords, but he talks a lot about drive and passion. And he feels to me like the kind of more, more of a kind of manager who just is his, his the way he's going to succeed is by bringing people together. And it's not going to be through tactics. It's going to be just be kind of creating an atmosphere, not too dissimilar to Pochettino. I'm not saying he's, he's the same level as Pochettino or anything like that, but Pochettino had a, had a system, but he, he's not, he wasn't a great tactical. He wasn't like a super tactician, you know, like Guardiola is, you know, and my point with, with Lampard is that I think that he probably, his critics, I think are, are a bit harsh with, with how, how he did at Chelsea. And I think, Given the Possibly. you know, but you know, I think he doesn't he doesn't get enough credit for the first season. I will say, I will say that. Well, I, I almost think that the credit he got for the first season put him in a bad. I think if you know, I said I remember saying, yeah, I, I remember saying this at the time. I think if he'd have finished outside the top four, even with the spend, that that it still would have been right. Next, the next stage is finishing top four rather than we finished top four spent a load of money and then people were suddenly talking about right could they could they win the title um so anyway but i i agree with you i think i think it is a risk for both both teams wasn't rooney a person that was um contacted before lampard yeah well they were yeah they were yeah, again, I, I, again like Rooney's doing a good job at Derby now, but this is his first managerial stint. And, like, what he's doing... Not, it's not a case of, oh, if he can do it at Derby, he can do it here at Everton. It's, it's not a case of that. It's all so dependent. There's so many more variables involved with it. And it's just... I can't remember who it was that might have been on Sky or BT, but did, it wasn't anybody particularly, uh, like, an ex-player or... An, um, an ex-manager, I don't think. They just basically say, like, what is this fixation of ex-players becoming managers and then they're the... It seems the, to happen a lot. They're the problem, recently, they're yeah. the problem solvers. It's like, no, that shouldn't be the, the thing. Like, you should go with someone who's tried and tested rather than someone who's still learning on the job, essentially. And how would you ever get new managers? <laughs> he understands True. the club. He gets yeah. it. He knows the club. Like, he gets it. I think, yes. I think the best person that's recently it's gone from you know player to manager and, it, and doing it the right way would potentially be Gerard. Gerard but he's not gone he's not gone to a club that's that's been his club yet wait for him to go back to Liverpool he definitely will he's definitely manager after Jurgen Klopp if he does well at Villa if he does well at the Villa mm, he knows know. that we know that I think maybe there'll, that. Be one more, that. there'll be one more manager before Gerard. I do not think so you wouldn't want to follow Klopp, I tell you that much. Exactly. That's why I think I don't think it'll be him. Yeah, but who can same follow Klopp? Same with the, the same, in the same, fans' same, eyes. Who well, can follow Klopp? Uh, well, we <laughs> oh, we can the Solskjaer. Yeah, just get someone in to be a fall yeah. guy to take. I just want to say though, right? Frank Lampard is for, he is linked with every job under the sun, right? Yeah. Not one mention of Oligan Solskjaer. 
Both the same. Yeah, both the same. Both club legends so... that have managed at their uh, at the clubs that they were legends at and got fired. Oh, we're going to talk shop for a long time. <laughs> I saw someone mention this. Yeah, and it's a good point. I, I'm coming from a biased perspective, but I remember when I saw Lampard's debut game for Chelsea. It was when we played Man United at Old Trafford. First game of the season, we lost four 0 and it was like a big, flipping, humiliating result. And even in that time, I remember thinking, because I think Solskjaer had been there either nine months or or something. He'd been there for a while. And I watched that game. We lost 4-0. And I remember thinking, Lampard has got more about him than Solskjaer. And I know Solskjaer did really well in the sense that he, you know, he he, he did a, he had a title challenge. You know, he, he, ruined he did a hell of a lot better than people would initially gave him credit for. But I wonder if, if the reason Solskjaer hasn't, been linked with places is because generally speaking as much as as much as it you know he he, he lasted a hell of a lot longer than we expected the, the sort of understanding looking at the way Man United played football and looking at you know the, the kind of way he responded to the problems that were there and the football they played I think people are kind of realizing actually he should really never have that job in the first place he only got it because of the start he had and then he was never he that, bad, that bad enough to fire him. Like th- that was his big thing. Every time he had a bad run of form and he was, there was talk of him getting fired, he won about five games in a row. Kept and Watford just did not know when to take the foot off the, foot <laughs> off the gas. But you may be right. I mean, there may be something like, because Lampard, you know, Lampard's a big English player. It might have something to do with that. Maybe if Solskjaer was English, it might, the Maybe media might. Lampard's a better player, possibly. More exciting. Yeah. More trendy. And look, I, this this could all go tits up for Lampard, and it, it might expose expose him a lot. But I do think there's a there's a there's a decent manager in there, and I, I you know I agree with you that it is a risk if Everton fails, then he may have to go, you know, start at the bottom again. Um, but yeah, Rooney, yeah, failed for like years. <laughs> but Ro- Rooney going, yeah, that would have just been. He's he's doing well at Derby, right? Oh, and did then, you did you hear why he's not gone? Well, he's he pulled out of the race, but. I don't know. If yeah, he, he pulled himself out of it because he said he's got an important job to do at Derby and he doesn't want to leave him right now. That's got And me. I think that is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's absolutely very admirable. fantastic. Very yeah, admirable. To, to his credit, I think, I think because who knows that they could he could have just got the impression that he was the fourth choice on the list. But nevertheless, I think what I did like about that the only thing he's ever out. been loyal to. <laughs> Once a blue, always a blue. I the the um. The thing I did like about that is he is he basically kind of admitted that he wasn't ready. He kind of said, "I firmly believe that one day I'll be a Premier League manager, but it's not, now is not the time." And and that's that's probably about the right assessment, really. Yeah. But the the, the thing I was going to say about his time at Derby, I know Derby have had all this all these problems on and off the pitch, but someone said that without the points deduction, they'd be twelfth. And I know that. I know. That, yeah, like, yeah. He's got like, yeah. I've I've seen reports about this. He's got like the the league table without the reduction. Yeah. But but with the with yeah, the squad are, they have, are, that's aren't, they, about, aren't they playing like, with? Yeah, but aren't they playing with like eight youth team candidates in the first team? Well, they they <laughs> they they have got they have they they are, but their squad prior to the you know financial situation was a playoff challenging squad. So, so I think ones. I'd say tw- I'd say mid table is about where you'd expect them to be. So I'm not saying that that people saying he's not, he's doing a good job are wrong, but I, yeah, I but sort with of the, rein it in a bit. Like he's doing with an, the he's championship doing a being twelve, you're you're never more than really like four points away from the playoffs with the way, with how many playoff places there are. True, 
I mean, Dawes But but similarly, probably quite close to relegation as well. I don't know. I haven't looked at the table, but I imagine. But it's also, when they the when they have lost, they've never lost by more than one goal. Is that right? Yeah, they've n- never lost by more than one goal in the league. Shit. Well, that's that's a good. Re- I didn't know that. That's a good record. Yeah. Yeah, Take exactly. it all back. I retract so, I mean, my, I retract they're, my they're statement. Every game they play, every game they play, but they're that, in it. Yeah, no, I like. I do really like that. I always, the way I try to judge what how how good teams really are in relation to their position in the league is what their goal difference is. As you said, like if there's a team in, like Norwich, Norwich are one point below Everton. Norwich have a minus thirty-two goal difference, and Everton's is like minus six or something. It just shows mm. that Everton are performing. Who are set to be fourth with a goal yeah. difference of like plus six and the top yeah. three teams wouldn't have like plus 30 something yeah, plus 30 yeah. yeah i mean like like let's let's be honest as well let's sorry i'm just also looking at other um transfers that have gone through aston villa have done a good job with the track this transfer a good job aston villa have thrown the wall at everything <laughs> okay you got luke luke uh luke coutinho you got callum chambers Undisclosed, doesn't know exactly what is what fee he's gone for. You've got a player from Roma. What's it called? Olsen, is it? Couldn't tell you. Uh, where has it gone? See, Olsen. Rafa on... Benitez went to Everton. Sold Luca Dean to Steven Gerrard. Left him seventeenth and de- dipped. <laughs> it's mad no. though that they they sold Luca Dean and then. Then sack Benitez like a week, but then sack Benitez a week later. If you had, if you yeah. thought you were going to sack Benitez, then just tell Dean that. Yeah, but then you've also got um, they've got El Ghazi. You've, got, you've also got them buying players before they have a manager in place. Yeah. And what about City finally signed a striker? I know. Alvarez, who, who, who for all I've heard and looked seen on YouTube, Julian Alvarez looks, is it? Looks yeah, good. Alvarez, yeah, from El- Plate. He ends up very good on FM. So, 21 years of age, yeah. he's signed, what is it, a four and a half or five and a half year deal. Um, he's going to stay out at River Plate on loan. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, he, he looks you don't need a striker. Promising. You're 20 points clear, you'll be fine. But does he, does he, does he, does he, do you think he starts next season or is it kind of going to be like a Gabriel Jesus situation where he's, where he's eased into the team? I think... Over the course of six be, years. I think it'll be... Um, It'll be a, like a constant kind of swap between them. I think he'll learn a lot from uh, Jesus, but just like just seeing it here, thirty-six goals and contributed to uh, contributed to five assists in ninety-six appearances mm. for River Plate. And yeah, I think obviously the Haaland deal didn't go through as much as I would have liked, but um, it still feels like that that if if you do because. Still no saying where Haaland's going to go. It doesn't feel like a big enough signing where you couldn't still get Haaland. But I agree with you. It kind of feels like maybe maybe not then. Yeah, I feel like... I don't know. I felt like maybe in recent interviews with Haaland, he seemed more uh, destined towards the Liga. Um, it doesn't really seem that interested. Yeah, either Barca or Real Madrid... Um, but he doesn't seem overly too keen on um, the Premier League from some interview that I watched. That's um, mad because wasn't he born here? Yeah? yeah, he was born in Leeds. Yeah, born the came to watch the Leeds. Yeah, um, but 
I don't know, it's, it's a smart bit of business. I wasn't, it was a bit of business that I wasn't necessarily expecting when they said this. I thought, hmm. Um, but yeah, no, this kind of came out of nowhere, really. Um, it feels quite similar vibes to when you, because when you got Gabriel Jesus, it was kind of A, out of the blue, and B, it was like, this guy's like, you know, one of the hottest properties in, in South America. He looks more of a kind of golf threat than Jesus. Yeah. But, but but yeah, I, you know, you've obviously the people, you know, there's some good business deals going on at City over the last few years. You're kind of good at identifying good young players and stepping them up yeah. quickly. And on, yeah. Um, can we can we discuss Arsenal's transfer window, please? Yes. Because I really do want to. I really, really do want to get into it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so yeah, interesting one, wasn't it? Because they they needed a striker. They knew yeah. they needed a striker from the start because Aubameyang had been exiled. They didn't buy a striker. And then they got rid of one. <laughs> and then they, got, <laughs> then they let their striker go. And granted, they're going to get a lot of wages off their books. Then they also needed a midfielder that they didn't get. Yeah, I mean, on the face, because obviously they tried to get Vlahovic and that, and they, they couldn't yeah, get him. Yeah, it showed ambition. It really showed ambition with kind of a lack of, you know, sense of where they actually are as a club. In my opinion, they're trying to get probably the hottest, well, top top three hottest prospects in the world right now. Yeah, and they've tried to go in for him as Arsenal, big bad Arsenal. Fair enough. I think as well. They, they think they can do that, but he didn't. He didn't want them. They were the ones from the start. Did you did you see his post on Instagram? Who? Vlavic. No. He said. Um. He said in the post, quite interested. He said there was a lot of um. A lot of rumours, false rumours flying about this transfer window, about where I wanted to go, but it was never in doubt, want to be here, blah, 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 blah. Right. Which says to me, he was never going to go Arsenal. I remember back in the summer when Arsenal tried to talk to him and his agent stopped answering Arsenal's phone calls. I mean, and not... I remember that. And I, I don't think he ever wanted to go there. I don't think they had no. that employment. No, I... I think you're right. I mean, it is, we don't have the Arsenal fan here to defend to defend the club, but I, but it's just not an attractive, that an attractive prospect if you are this this sort of player. And I think I I, I didn't see that comment from Vlahovic, but what I did see is a, as quotes from the Fiorentina president who said it was just having a bit of a hissy fit. He was just saying Vlahovic and his agents is a bastards, and they all only interested in money. But what he did say is there was he said there was a um, an offer on the table for from an English club. And he was like, I don't know why I didn't, you know, take it. But again, if it's if that is Arsenal, there's probably it's a good reason why he didn't take. It. Like, no, no disrespect to Arsenal, but this is why I was saying saying to you, you guys, if, if yeah, if, if they got Vlahovic, that would have been an unbelievable. That would have been the biggest, their biggest statement signing since Ozil, possibly even bigger than Ozil. So you know, I I, I was surprised to hear that Vlahovic was was was. On the, I remember saying it was on the on the verge of being completed. So you're probably right. There probably was never any anything in it. But Arsenal making a, but it seems like they definitely did make a play. But probably yeah, I think they definitely did. But just, yeah. I think you know, Emma Taylor, M for like a, a Jonathan David. Well, and or, or, or like a, even Alexander Isaac, Isaac yeah. like a, a kind of player who who and he, I mean I know he's not been doing super well. I think he's only scored like four league goals this this season. But in the Euros, he looked so promising in the Euros. He was yeah, brilliant. And, and he's only like 20, 21, 22. Yeah. So, so, you know, and, and as I say, that, that that he's, other than Vlahovic and Haaland, like he's probably the next 
Yeah, they know, should have. I think they should have definitely put the pressure on. They probably should have just put all like completely just gone down the middle and just gone, all right, we're going to go for both these players. And then if either of them say, yeah, the, fir- the first one to say, yeah, we'll take. So then it, it might be more competition between the players. Or, 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 or it'll also help or potentially show, showcase if they actually want to be there or not. It's difficult though because if you if you're Isaac and you and you and you they say we're also in for Vlahovic, then you say well you don't really want me then you're just you're, you're just you're I'm insurance you want Vlahovic yeah. well fuck you I'm not if you don't really you you know you want to let a player know you That's are the thing, though, this, this is where it comes into having a bit of awareness about where you you are situationally as a club yeah. Like mm. you should know that you know you've finished eighth for the last few seasons in the, in the most competitive league in the world. You don't have European football. You're out of every competition. A top yeah. three young prospect in the world is not going to want to sign for you. True. So you should aim accordingly. You should aim to improve your squad, yes. But you shouldn't aim for the top targets. You should aim for the ones below that who don't think they're going to be a second choice. But particularly as it seems to have cost them bringing in a replacement for Aubameyang. Exactly. Like if they brought someone else in, fair enough. But I mean, I know they tried to get yeah, Isaac. They apparently tried to get Morata on loan. But the fact that they brought in no one is a bit strange. Yeah, because I've seen it on Arsenal Twitter as well. Them, them. I think they're quite deluded, to be honest with you. They're saying like it was a successful transfer yeah. window. It showed real resolve. Because they didn't rush into any deals, they they had their plan and they're willing to stick to it. That sounds like straight out of the mouth of Ty, doesn't it? Mm. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous. Is it, it? You've made a mistake. You've worn out all your players. You, you squad about like ten players deep. You lost your best striker. Well, I mean, you wouldn't have regarded him as being your best striker because he's not been in. Yeah, you would because he's who's, who's, on paper. Who's, on paper, who's he worse than? on paper, worse right? Than? Okay, on paper, yeah, but since Lack- he signed Lacazette that deal, and Martinelli is it? It's like Özil since not he signed Ketia. the last deal. Yeah, they've still got Lacazette. Yeah, shit. Since Lacazette since and signed, Since Aubameyang signed that deal, like Özil, his form has dipped and he's just gone. Don't want to be here anymore. Yeah, but also Lacazette and. Inketia, Inketia, yeah, yeah, yeah. Between they got Arsenal scored one goal in the last five games. Yeah, one of which was against Mid- uh, Nottingham Forest. <clears throat> you know what I mean? It's like you need a, you need a striker. It's so obvious you need a striker. And then there's so I, why not I get do- one. I agree with you. I totally agree. And I think if if if, if it is the pursuit of Vlahovic that's made them not get a striker, then that's just that's just stupid. But I also think there's something to say for, and I, I don't, not agreeing with the deluded Arsenal fans who are just defending their club because they feel like they need to. But there's something to be said for not buying for the sake of buying. Oh yeah, know, definitely. Like coming from a um, you know from a Chelsea perspective, obviously we have a lot of injuries and the fullback problem and a lot of people. Fans saying, you know, well, why haven't we bought a fullback? And in some ways, it's probably a smart thing not to buy a fullback because once you you buy it, see you buy a left back, Ben Chilwell, you know, gets fit at the end of the season. And what do you do with the fullback you just bought? Similarly with Arsenal, maybe 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 they're sort of thinking, okay, we could scramble for some, you know, pay forty five million for someone, or we can, you know, because the Aubameyang exile thing only happened recently, December. Maybe you know their their thought their thinking was, 
we'll wait until the summer. But then Vlahovic became available, so they're like, right, let's go after Vlahovic. Um, I don't know. I think they were trying to fill a hole with Vlahovic because they think they're bigger than they are right now. And <laughs> no offence to Arsenal. No offence, of course. But I, I think that's what's happened. <clears throat> I think, but... much like a lot of the fans, the football club itself is still stuck in the early 2000s. <laughs> Bring Wenger back. That's what I say. Yeah. He'd probably do... Well, I don't know. Arteta's not doing bad, to be fair, is he with what he's got? Yeah, there seems to be a sense of... I know Egby's not a fan of him, but there seems to be a sense of just, you know, that they kind of stripped everything away after after Emery and now they're building up and they're actually going to let him build. And they, you know... and I, He's not getting everything right, but I think, generally speaking, they're moving in the right direction. Yeah. I know they've had a crap month, but Every team has that at some point in the season. Yeah, it, it's just it, it's hard to see how they're going to turn that around, though, because I, I imagine the the idea was, oh well, we'll do something in January to sort it out. Mm. They've done nothing. The players have seen them do nothing. How is that going to help them around? The fans <laughs> are frustrated that they've done nothing. Are they are they are they going to hold their booze off for that long? They're Arsenal fans. No, they're not. They demand more. If Arsenal went into, if Arsenal, so wait, obviously they wait till the summer now, but if in, in the summer they bought, let's say, Alexander Isaac or somebody of that calibre, they bring in a midfielder that's reasonably within their, you know, I don't know whether Awar would be able to, they'd be able to get in, but somebody like that. And then you suddenly got this quite young, you know, they've just kind of stripped away all the, the sort of players from, from back in the day. And then you're building a team around Isaac, Awar, Saka, Odegaard, um, Smith Rowe. Uh, you know, um, Ramsdale brings Saliba and all, in, and then they can all play in the conference where you go lower. Are you going to want to do yeah. that? No, maybe, but but at least at least there you sort of get the get the sense that okay, this is this does feel like a bit of a fresh start now, and we've yeah. kind of got a bit of a rejuvenated team. We've got you know, get rid of Lacazette, get rid of Aubameyang, get rid of get rid of Pepe. Um, you know, get rid of all these sort of players that symbolise the kind of. Dead Get rid of the seventy-two million pounds marquee signing. Yeah, but yeah, I, I know what you mean. It, it, it yeah. was, it was a. I think it's a bad window for Arsenal. But who knows? In 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 the summer, if they have a good summer, then we might look back on that and go. Actually, they did they were right. Okay, we are going back, ladies and gentlemen, to room one on one. That is football pet peeves. Let us know your football pet peeves in the comments section below. We don't have a comment section. Uh, there'll be some sort of way Not of doing yet. that. But no, okay. Well, anyone unfamiliar with the segment? It's like room, uh, room one hundred and one. But because it's football related, it's room one on one. Do you see what we did there? Who wants and to get? That doesn't know what uh, room one hundred and one is, uh, which I didn't. Um, <laughs> basically, moan about things we don't like about football. For yes, a bit and then, everyone know, loves a moan, and you know. Everyone needs to get it off their chest. That's why making a show about it worked. And we're copying that, but putting a football spin on it. Who wants to, who wants to, get, who wants to get going? I, screw it. I always ask that, and, I, and I'll go first, because I've, I've, I've had this one. It, you know, it's been simmering under the surface for a while. Uh, my, pet, my, yes, my pet peeve this week is knee slide celebrations. Get a new <laughs> celebration. What would you prefer? Belly slides, back slides? <laughs> it's not. Hey, what? 
single player in any level of football anywhere in the world now does a knee slide when they score. Now, I, this is not something... This is not an something... elbow slide. Literally, like... Because <laughs> it looks incredible. I agree with that. This is the problem. So when I... Like, I it was my favourite celebration, um, you know, when it, was, when it was one of about 150 that people used to do because it does look cool. And I don't know when it started, maybe like five years ago, it just became the thing. And now everyone does it. You see it at, you, at youth level. You see it at fucking Sunday league level. And I, I, it's a good celebration. But when you see it, after every goal, it's just like get a new celebration as now. Like, this is not something that every time I see it, I get angry. Not like that. I just, I'm just a bit like, oh, that's a bit uninventive. It's why I quite like Harry Kane's weird karate chop thing that he does. Like, whatever that is. Like, it's yeah. just, it's different. He kisses his wedding ring and then karate chop. Uh, yeah. Like I've got no time for Ronaldo's bollocks, but at least it's not a knee slide, and like everyone just does a knee slide, and it, it's just it's it's not ever it wasn't just so pre- pre- you know prevalent as it is now. Five years, five, six, seven years ago, it was just something that occasion you know you might someone might do it, but now it's every single player does it. I just <laughs> I miss like I just miss like something do something with your arms like you know just just don't go to your knees you know. Do an this is why exactly. Alan Shearer, the, Af- the Af- African Cup of Nations legendary. is brilliant because when they have their celebrations, they all get involved. Yeah, they like, do, like dances, little group, group choreograph- oh. choreographed things. Yeah. Who would like to go next? Rowan. I'll go next. Right. So this is more of a broadcasting pet peeve. Okay. Any time that the designated channel decides to just show fans in the stadium rather than the actual game itself, that does my head in. What you mean, like when the game's going on? When the game's going on, yeah, and it's like, not like when there's a break in play. No, no, no. Like when when the game is going on, and then all of a sudden you've missed the build-up play because. The ball's in the other end, and hold on a second, they just had a corner, but no, we were too busy looking at Bob having a bite out of his pie. You know what, I think I'm going to vote for this, mate. Like, why? You know why? You know why I'm going to vote for this? <laughs> Go on. Because it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, no we'll end we're the pod there. Then. Good also, night. Also, when, um, you know... They're showing a replay or something. They've shown yeah, the replay yeah. twice already. Yeah. And they're showing a slide tackle very, very slowly. Then suddenly, all the fans get really, really loud. Yeah, and then you just... Yeah, the going, Harry Kane's in oh, the box. Oh, the counter attack is going on now. And then you're like, wait, How did what, we get what's here? happened? How did we get here? Wait, so you, you've both got exactly the same thing. Yeah, right. I have a backup, so it's fine. But... Okay. I also but, have yeah. a backup. <laughs> but, yeah, no, that's, that's mine. Where it's just like, just keep... The keep the broadcasting on the actual game when the ball's out of play, though. yeah, understandably. But when the ball's out of play, like maybe put it on the manager, maybe put it on on the staff, or you know, the other players warming up or something. Don't put it on the fans. How, how often? I mean, it's interesting that you both had that because I, I never noticed how often does this happen? I, 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 you yeah, know, quite often. I think, I think, I think mine's a bit different to Ross, to be fair. My, no, mine's no, more for both, all the playing sim- replays. Yeah, they're both similar, oh. doing replays or putting it on fans. Yeah, re- like. replays. Okay. But I, it's I, just like there's a time and a place, and it's, you know, I, you, you, rather than doing like 
like Ash was saying, rather doing a replay from three different angles to show the best angle then and then show all the other angles at the end of the game. Rather yeah. than, you know, oh, there's a fan with a banner. Great. Great stuff. That's I'm going to sleep so much better. I'm going to remember that. Like, no. Focus on the game. It's the equivalent. I agree with you. Like, who cares what some guy... Like, there's, there's an equivalent in, in journalism now. So much of journalism is like, you know, social media has reacted to this story. Here's what Dave from Huddersfield had to say about it. Oh, and here's wow. what's... It's like, why, why do people care? But people do, apparently. And you, I agree. Like, if they, if they show Bob finishing his pie, unless he's finishing it in a particularly hilarious way. All right, Ash, are you, are you you're using your backup? Okay. All right, so it's more specific. Well, it's specific one, kind of. Yeah. About um, Tottenham-Chelsea game. Okay. And um, it was Harry Kane's disallowed goal, right? Mm-hmm. For a Polish... Absolutely uh, stonewall foul, yeah. <laughs> Where Harry Kane breathed slightly on Thiago Silva. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and Thiago Silva went over, right? Mm-hmm. However, I really, really did not like the way the commentator spoke about it. What did he... I really, really disapproved of the way the commentator spoke about it. And it made me think they do say stuff like this quite often. And it's... If Harry, if that was the other way around, Harry Kane had dived and gone flying up the M6 from, from that little push from Thiago Silva, yeah. the, the commentators would instantly get on his back they would say, you know, he's dived there. Oh, there's no contact in it for me. Oh, I don't know what the referee's seen there. And blah, 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 blah. Fair play to Gary Neville, right? Yeah. He did say all that. Yeah. Yeah. And the other commentator, I can't remember who it was, said, ah, Tiago Silva, showing all of his experience there. <laughs> okay. Showing so- all of his experience. If the boot was on the other foot. You can't with- outwit him. Oh, no. It's fast. Yeah, it's for that. clever. It's clever. It's not diving. It's clever. Yeah. It's a oh, it's a big risk, but it's paired off, which yeah. is a big risk. Isn't it? It's like, oh, you can tell experience has come into play here. Yeah, and it's, it's really wearing me up. Is this is is the is your pet peeve specifically about Kane's treatment compared to uh, other scenarios that are similar, or is it I, I about it's just, all just incon- inconsi- inconsistency <laughs> like that? The inconceivable, the preconceived, like kind of like, <clears throat> you know, character trait, some put not that certain yeah. things. Are, I think it's because he's a defender that they've done it that way. You know, he's an experienced old defender. Yeah, yeah. And like, you can, you know, if if it's a young person that's gone in for a tackle and done a bad one, it's like, oh, he's young and inexperienced. That it's like, it's not just a bad tackle. It, and I get it. From a journalist standpoint, you're trying to create a story through the game. You have all these storylines that are running at the same time, and you know you can speak about them. But it's, yeah. just, it's stupid, and I hate it. Just say what it's tell it what it is. A bring dive. back, bring back <laughs> fan commentary. That's what I say. <laughs> fan zone, yeah. Fan zone. Do do you Ash? Do you think you know when Kane had that that period where he kept backing into players? You mean when he kept getting fouled? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so so I know it eventually turned on him, but for so long that was seen as like Kane, you know, that's clever what he's doing, and lots of other people going, no, that's dishonest and that's dangerous. Dangerous, you know? yeah. Um, 
what do you think do, do you not feel as if maybe these things just it all come it all comes around eventually like some you know some situations you're going yeah, to possibly go I guess in just in that very specific instance with Thiago Silva, it really did wipe me up because it was a completely fine goal. I I wish I wish I'd seen that through neutral eyes because because you know obviously as a Chelsea fan I thought it I, I thought it, I to be honest I said I think I said this in the in the in the group chat at the time I said if I was a Tottenham fan I'd be pissed off yeah, because I think it was soft. But at the same time, the way I looked at it was I I, I said if if you'd swap their roles and that had been let's let's say the ball wasn't going to go in it in the path it was going into let's say the ball was going to go into Thiago Silva's path right and let's just say that Thiago Silva Thiago Silva and Harry Kane swap positions and it's Harry Kane push um, sorry it's Thiago Silva pushing Harry Kane or putting his hand on the back of Harry Kane as Harry Kane's about to receive the ball and have a shot i think every Tottenham fan is demanding a penalty for that Maybe um, maybe Thiago Silva's reputation comes into it a little bit. Let's say that was David Luiz. Would it a would have it would it would it have been given as a foul? Because maybe maybe the referee would have thought, oh, David Luiz is just screwed up there. And B, maybe they would have gone, yeah. oh, David Luiz has been, you know, like that's 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 not good. He's dived there because it's kind of a thing that you believe about David Luiz. But with Thiago Silva, he's kind of a, you know, a sort of honourable sort of samurai type. He's not an injury. He's a samurai. <laughs> what I was going for there um but yeah listen I, I know what you mean that inconsistencies you know are annoying and but to be fair at the time I think you got the right balance because Gary Neville really really went hard in on yeah Gary Thiago, Neville has calmed the ref but I think that made me worse because <laughs> I was like yeah someone else feels like this it's true <laughs> yeah okay he did these all. Oh, yeah! Oh. I love these compilations. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> oh, I just—I still love. No, that's that's. There's not enough in that for me. No, obviously the Torres ones up there, but the close second is the blooming uh, Martin Tyler goes drug bar, and then you just see going over going. Oh yeah, yeah, underrated, underrated golgasm there. It is, it is obviously the Torres, the Torres ones, uh, the the, pick, the top pickings. Right, we'll vote. Incredible. So we had knee slide celebrations. We had pointless uh, camera angles during the game. Uh, on fans, yeah. On fans, and, and we had Thiago Silva using all of his experience there. <laughs> Oh, I, I have to be honest. Josh's camera camera thing, I, I don't think has has pissed me off once. I, 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 but I it, now that I've said it, that's the I only thing you're gonna be able to see. <laughs> Ash, you were good because it was your thing as well. You were you were sort of saying like maybe you'd include replays in it. That I occasionally notice, but a not enough, and b. I actually quite like seeing replays from different angles if it means I miss a bit of not key build up, but like, you know. So recycling I, of possession. As as much as I don't agree with the 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 um motivation for Ash's pet peeve, I think that one I have to I have to give my vote to because because it is annoying sometimes when when you know basically there'll be two situations exactly the same and, and commentators treat them differently. Vote for Ash. So I'm gonna vote. Sorry, sorry, Harry. As much as I love knee slides, 
which I do love, so I'm never going to vote for it. <laughs> but I also picked the exact same pet peeve pretty much as Rose. That's very good, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so I'm voting for Rose. Rose. Which so, leaves me with a deciding vote, but I can't vote for myself. But I'm going to go with Ash and his biased commentary. So biased commentary gets its second vote and heads into room one-on-one. Thank you very much for tuning in today. Feel free to let us know what your footballing pet peeves are on Twitter, on Instagram, or even in the comments of the Daily Star if you fancy it. Both handles are at Edge of the Box Pod, and my name's Harry Brent. We'll see you again next week. Bye bye.